This episode of the Beauty Industry Podcast was brought to you by Digital Bloom, making beautiful brands better. Hello and welcome to the Beauty Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Beauty Industry, Tamara Shaw. Here we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts, expand your knowledge through educational pieces, and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Beauty Industry. Today's guest is Amanda Aleem of Le Chic Skin and Beauty in Ballarat. After walking out of the treatment room as a therapist only to notice her name and column had been cancelled from the computer system by the business owner because she was pregnant, Amanda decided to start a home business which took off in no time. At 32 weeks pregnant with her second child, Amanda made the move from home business into a bricks and mortar salon and started hiring a team of therapists to support the expansion. Known now as Le Chic Skin and Beauty, Amanda and the team are regular nominees at the Australian Beauty Industry Awards, as well as being up for nomination at their local business awards, where Amanda was recently finalist for the Ballarat Young Business Person of the Year in 2019. Amanda tries to condense 15 years of beauty industry experience into the podcast today, where we speak about the challenges, changes, and everything in between that is our all-encompassing professional beauty industry. I hope you enjoy today's conversation with Amanda Aleem from Le Chic Skin and Beauty. Thank you for having me, Tamara. I'm very excited to be here with you. I am so excited to bring this conversation to our audience ears. You have 17 years of beauty industry experience. Where did it all begin for you? I had an auntie who was a beauty therapist and um, I'd seen her open her own business and knew that one day that was something that I might want to do, but I knew that it was very, very hard. So it wasn't something that I always wanted to do to have a business, um, but knew that that was a future goal if I loved entering into the industry. So I started um, just spray tanning some friends in the bathroom at home. Um, I always loved to be nice and bronzed and I thought mm-hmm. that I would be able to do it myself. It can't be that hard. So I purchased a spray tan machine off eBay and I would get some solution from my auntie and then was spray tanning my girlfriends. And it was just something that I really, really loved. Um, So I knew that when I finished school, I wanted to just give beauty a shot, see if I love it. Um, And then I wasn't really sure where to start, especially um, in Ballarat. I wanted to make sure that when I entered the beauty industry, I was able to obtain a job. So I started to call around a couple of different places in Ballarat and ask where they preferred their therapists to be trained. And 
the main place everybody was saying was uh, Victoria University at the time. And so, yeah, I applied there. Going to Melbourne was never going to be an issue for me. I didn't, I knew that I didn't want to train in Ballarat at the time because way back then the the uni didn't have the best name in Ballarat. And Mm. yeah, I, I love the city and I really wanted to learn as much as I possibly could. I didn't want to waste my time studying, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So I went down to the open day and I remember my dad was very, very nervous because he owned a business and he was just thinking how it was back then. He was thinking that it's like waxing and there's not a lot of money. How are you going to be able to make a career of this being, you know, uh, being paid such a low wage? I guess that was probably my deciding factor. The fact that he was saying those things, I was like, yes, this is definitely what I want to do. (laughs) Um, I really wanted to prove him wrong. But at the open day, I was super excited to enter the beauty industry. So I, and I'd done work experience with my auntie as well, quite a bit. And I loved that also. Um, It was just quite scary making it all formal and making a decision of, okay, this is really what I'm going to do. It's not just spray tanning my friends in the bathroom anymore. This is the life for me. So yeah, I went to Bikini. I would travel um, at the time that we had really long trains to get to Melbourne. Now I think it takes like an hour on the train or just under Um, back then without any delays and a good express run would be (laughs) an hour and a half. So lots of early mornings, late nights, um, a lot of buses while they were um, upgrading the train line to Melbourne as well, which made the commute even longer. Sometimes you would get stuck in traffic and get home at, you know, 8pm. But I absolutely loved every bit of it. I finished in December and I managed to get a job in October. So just before I finished and I was really, really excited to be able to finish off my diploma and go straight into a full-time job. That was at a day spa. I absolutely loved um, working in a day spa. I chose to do spa with my training. Mm -hmm. Um, You could choose to go spa or salon at the time. And I just thought that spa would give me um, a bit more of an overview of the industry with salon. I can't even, it was so long ago, I can't remember what the electives were, but it wasn't what I would call salon today. It was a little bit old school. Mm. So I worked at the day spa for four years. I then decided that I'd done that for such a long time. I really wanted to experience the salon side of things. and see how things were done in the salon I wasn't really doing a lot of waxing either and also in a day spa you don't talk a lot (laughs) so I missed a bit of interaction with the clients and I was lucky enough to get a job at a hair salon but they were hair nails and beauty so at the time that I worked there there was 22 employees wow so it was a really large salon and I loved being able to really get to know people on a personal level and just chat with my clients. Um, So for me, I felt like I loved to have a good balance between spa and beauty and I wasn't really missing massage at this time. 
either. I still love to do, you know, one a week, but wasn't missing the days of massage. And yeah, I, I was at the salon for another four years and I became pregnant with my son. So over my pregnancy in the salon, um, I just worked all the way up to my pregnancy. My employment was cut a little bit short um, when I was pregnant. And I, because I was pregnant and I think that, you know, they were wondering how I was going to come back to the salon. Mm. Um, I went to do my clients one day, come out and I was no longer in the computer. So um, I was like, oh, what's happening? And they're like, oh, you know, they had interviewed another girl that day and they're like, oh, you know, we were going to finish you up now. So I had to figure out what I was going to do and um, I thought, okay, well, I'll just have extended maternity leave. In the meantime, a lot of my clients had contacted me through Facebook just to see if I was okay and and say their goodbye because I was booked up until the end of um, when I was going to go on maternity leave. Mm. So I thought, well, I've got a spare room at home. Um, I might as well just set up my beauty bed and, and see these clients. So I had let them know when they contacted me that, you know, I could possibly take care of them and they were very excited. So I had a couple of clients at home and those clients were extremely supportive and started recommending their family and friends to come and see me. Being at home was fabulous and it was grow- the business was growing so much at home, but for my mind to tick over, I needed to be in a salon environment. Mm. I was just thinking of all these ideas that I could do, um, needs and wants of my clients and being a home salon at the time, I was capped at doing that. And I was expanding so much that I needed to have a bigger space and I wanted my home space back. So I started looking for a lease and then in the meantime, I found out I was pregnant with my second child. (laughs) Um, This was about a year later. So that for me, I was like, yep, I really need a space and I need somebody that can help me service these clients. So I then signed a lease when I was pregnant with my second. Um, The time that it took to fit out the salon, everything like that, I opened the salon when I was 32 weeks pregnant, which was crazy. Um, But it somehow worked for me at the time. (laughs) I, um, I had my daughter and I had one employee who kept things ticking over while I was um, having the baby. I only had three weeks off to have her and I came back for Christmas week because she was a December baby, which is an industry nightmare (laughs) to to have a baby in December. So I then had her, came back for Christmas week and I was going to close the salon down between Christmas and New Year just Ballarat gets very quiet, everyone goes to the beach and I needed that time to really think, okay, how am I going to get through these, this next 12 months with two children, a new business, a staff member I need to pay, um, 
we decided that it might be best for my husband to be a stay-at-home dad for a little bit. I, uh, in January, went back to work full-time. I then was growing even bigger. Um, I decided that I needed to have a new employee, but somebody that I could really kind of clone myself in. And I decided that a trainee would be the best way to go, would help to keep my wages low and would give me time to spend with her to really train her. And then I could shift some of my clients over to her and take on some new clients as well. Um, I was noticing that in Ballarat, we really, before I opened the business, we needed something different in town. I didn't want to open and just be like every other beauty salon um, on the each corner. And there was a few that had closed down over time as well. And I didn't want to open to then close. Yes. Um, at the time in the industry, I felt skincare was really changing. It wasn't really... Um, all about how it smelt and felt anymore it was more about what it does for the skin and the change that it can create and for me I knew that that was my why that was why I was we were loving what we were doing because we were changing the way that people felt and I thought well you know the skincare that's really really active is just going to be a great addition to that yeah it's Um, funny that there's so much in there that you're you know that you're telling me I mean the dedication that it even took you from the very beginning you know I hear so much about these beautiful studying therapists who are catching the train for an hour either way or longer either way to you know come in and and go to school for that long period of time, you know, a year or two years, there's so much dedication and and passion that that speaks to. But two as well, there's such a running theme that I'm having with everyone on the podcast lately where employers are, you know, doing wrong by people who are pregnant or people who are thinking about maybe they wanted to start up their own beauty space and then the employers going, okay, well, your job ends effective immediately today, as in did your case where, you know, you come out of the treatment room and you no longer have a job, like your, your name's not even in the computer. And it's any wonder to me that there's a lot of business owners out there these days saying it's so hard to get great, like great staff and great therapists but also as well, once we've got them, well, what are we doing with them? And I want to ask you, you know, being as a business owner now, what is it that um, kind of fills your cup about being a business owner? Because it is a really tough, it's a tough gig, you know? It definitely is a tough gig. For me, what fills my cup as a business owner is being able to guide and mentor other therapists. Mm. Um, I'm sure every owner goes into business knowing what they don't want to do in business and how they don't want to treat people as well. And it's also, it is a fine line because we are in business um, for a reason and it's not always financially either. Like for me, um, it was really to sort of give the people of Ballarat a place to come and have different kind of services but feel a part of the industry. And I really wanted therapists to feel like that too. 
when I was employed, I was in a space where there was no train, no extra training. It was all mm-hmm. in-house training. Um, I didn't know what was happening in the industry. We nobody went to expos or anything like that. It just wasn't really offered. And when you're an employee, unless you're constantly doing a lot of research at the time, you don't know when these expos are on or you don't know when there's extra courses offered. And back then, like, I think Facebook was only just becoming a thing. So we didn't have, when I was an employee, we didn't have um, groups that we could be a part of or um, Facebook communities. And we didn't certainly didn't have Instagram and it was, very different so you just knew what you knew when you're at work so for me I really want to inspire and motivate beauty therapists to greater things. After the break Amanda and I talk about how she transitioned from beauty therapist into the business owner that she is today but first a word from our sponsors. We all know just how important social media is and nobody knows that better than our friends at Digital Bloom. If you're scratching your head for beautiful and engaging Instagram content, then Digital Bloom has you covered. It's as simple as investing in some kick-ass social graphics that align with your brand style and budget. Say goodbye to that branding headache with $20 off your first order by heading to www.digitalbloom.me, that's M-E, and entering in the code BEAUTE20, that's B-E-A-U-T-E, and the numbers two and zero at the checkout. Looking on point in the digital space never felt so good. Thank you to Digital Bloom for making this episode of the Beauté Industry Podcast possible. And now back to Amanda. It's there's so much there about what you're saying that we become the the leaders or the business owners that we have seen other people do so incorrectly. You know, like I have had such bad leadership people in leadership positions in the past. And I've always looked at them and gone, right, well, when I go into management, when I go into leadership, when I go into running a team, I don't want to be you. I want to take away every single element of what you're doing incorrectly. And I want to flip that on its head and I want to give back to my team. And I think that speaks so highly to a lot of therapists and perhaps why a lot of therapists look at the business owner and go, well, actually, do you know what? I might be able to do this better. And perhaps that's where that little bit of entitlement comes from sometimes. And I guess, you know, our job as business owners is to lift people up. You know, it is to create that team, create that environment, give our team and our therapist the passion, but also to, as you've said, like show your team what is going on out there in the industry because not all of it is on Facebook. I mean, even with our events, I get so many private messages saying, when are you having your next Sydney event, for example? And I'm like, it's all online. It's all on the website. You can go there and you can have a look. But I guess as business owners too, that's our job to show our team and to lead them to exciting opportunities and and expos and bits and pieces that are out there. I, I definitely could not agree with you anymore. (laughs) what have you found to be the most challenging thing as a business owner I think one of the biggest challenges being a business owner is probably being rural and being in Ballarat Mm. Um, it's very hard to get 
education and support from suppliers. But I feel like the fact that a lot of things are online now um, really, really helps because we no longer have to take a full day out of the salon or close down. We can um, jump on a webinar and we have uh, product lines that have online portals that we can constantly educate and update our skills from. Um, and I also personally have learned over time with support from suppliers is to just ask um, as well and schedule things in advance so that, you know, when they are in our area that they could try and fit us in as well because, you know, when suppliers are, are stuck, they have an account manager that's in Melbourne or they have bigger accounts that they need to be at, it's really hard to kind of get them to travel sometimes two hours or so to come and see us. So we just try to book things in advance. Um, it's always hard at this time of year, but I have learned to pre-plan. So for next mm -hmm. year, that's one thing I am doing is booking in all of the education, booking in um, events and whatnot with suppliers. And I feel like by doing that and bringing to the table, you know, being organised and this is what our clients want and need and this is the amount of people that we can um, book at an event and that sort of thing, we can then get the support that we need. Um, and it motivates the girls, motivates the team as well. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that that's probably our biggest challenge, but we are learning to work around it. Yeah. Another challenge. Mm. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I love the fact that you've said just ask because even as a rep and educator in the past, I would get some accounts, you know, business owners be really, really upset at me, especially if I've come in and I've taken over another role and people said, we get no support. Nobody comes out and sees us. And I said, well, just ask. You know, there's no harm in asking mm -hmm. in. And even recently, actually, um, I should have popped in to see you. I was driving past. I, I um, was contacted by a beautiful account in Horsham. And they said, Tamara, we love what you do. We love your team development sessions. But would you ever come to Horsham? Because it's such a far away way. And I looked at it and I looked at the travel cost. I went back to them with a figure and I was like, this is what it's going to take for me to come out. Um, and the team were like, yep, perfect. We'll get five of our therapists in the one space at the same time. And I did. I drove four hours there and four hours back. And I went and I spent the entire day with them. And it was so beneficial on both parts. But then too, to what you were saying, once we had that session, obviously I can't go to, four, uh, to Horsham, you know, four and a half hours um, drive either way every month. But then we've put them now into the online therapist and retail sales portal. So it's kind of like you must ask, but then at the same time, if you can't get that support, you need to make it work for you. And whether that's, you know, moving online or whatever else that looks like, well, then you've just got to kind of pivot as a business owner, you know, when you see those challenges. 100%, definitely. And that's, that salon owner in Horsham, I'm sure she would have been so thankful because I can definitely feel how she would have felt like hearing you say yes, because it, it is a challenge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess, you know, being in Ballarat for you, being quite rural, I mean, I'm imagining it's a small town, everybody knows everybody's business, that is a challenge in itself altogether. 
most definitely. I think we had a bit of a difficult client that we had to politely fire and <laughs> let her know that it was okay if we moved um, apart and we understood that, you know, if we can't meet her, her needs, um, this was just with a, a particular way that she liked to have her eyebrows and it would become very stressful for the girls as well. Um, and we have a, a lake in Ballarat that we are nowhere near the ocean. So everybody goes to walk around the lake. Um, oh. And I see her every time I walk around the lake. And, you know, it's, I think that it's awesome because we always see each other and wave and say hi. And if, you know, we're not um, walking too quick, we'll chat, which I think is great. Um, so, yeah, there's nothing worse than having an awkward situation and having to run into the the client so it is it's all about the way that you kind of handle things in a small town and do it with dignity and integrity as well and I think you know everybody's happy on both parts yeah and I, I love the fact that you you know you see that client but you've still got a relationship even though you've kind of fired her <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm wondering then you know you've come from a therapist into being a business owner and I guess not all therapists can do this because therapists are very tactile and kinetic and they respond by doing and giving treatments whereas managers and leaders and business owners are a little bit more analytical um, what do you think it takes for a success transition to happen from being therapist to then being the business owner well this is a very good question Tamara I don't think that this is something that I have down pat with the right balance um, business is always changing and I sometimes need to jump into the treatment room a little bit more sometimes I have more time to work on the business a bit more and it's finding that balance for me I actually, like, I hate numbers. I hate them. <laughs> I hate the, like, accounting side of things. Um, but I'm learning to love it. <clears throat> so for me, it's pushing through um, the things that I find difficult and then turning them into something that I enjoy doing. So I love the days where I get to work on the business and I also love the days where I get to work on the clients so for me it's been putting boundaries in place because otherwise if I hate the numbers I can then end up booking clients the days that I need to um, sort out my accounts and that kind of thing so I just yeah I need to put boundaries in I've learned to schedule certain days and times um, that I work on each so I'm used to looking at an appointment book so I need to, I, I now actually like just block out the time to work on each and I have never, ever, this is a big surprise to myself now, but I've never had a manager. Um, so that is something wow. that I am working towards next year because um, I can real. I've never really thought that I've needed one. Like I think, yes, I can do it all and... I've managed so far, but yeah, now I'm really feeling like, um, as you drive the business a bit more and grow the business, I, there's lots of things I can delegate off to somebody else and, you know, then somebody, I need somebody to drive the team a little bit more while I'm driving the business and then we can drive both together. So I'm seeing that niche, um, 
in the business at the moment as I'm working on the business a bit more. And yeah, just it's very hard to find the balance, but I think I'm getting there. Yeah. And, and, and the crux of it really is time management, I guess, you know, what you're saying there, the boundaries in place, the balance, that perfect kind of symmetry between the business owner and the manager. But even for me as a business owner, when you sit down and you've got an hour to do something, make sure you actually write your to-do list and cross things off. Because if I, for me as a business owner, don't do that, what I know I will do is A, open my computer and instantly I'll open my emails and I'll open Facebook. And once I open my emails, I can open them and at any time there could be 20 unread emails sitting there. Once I start actioning them and somebody asks me to do X or do Y, then I start half creating things. Then somebody will send me a message on Facebook or somebody will post something in the community and I'm going over there, you know, moderating that. And all of a sudden that hour that I thought, yes, I'm going to smash so much work out here has turned into a responsive hour of just me replying back to emails and me actioning things on Facebook, you know, and I guess, at the end of the day, that is where everything adds up and you feel like, what have I actually accomplished today? Nothing. But when you actually sit down and you write, okay, in this hour, I need to pay my wages, pay the bass. I need to um, schedule some social media content for the next month. And I'm just going to tick off those three things. I'm not going to open my inbox. I'm not going to open Facebook. I'm going to put my my phone on flight mode then once that hour is finished, you do have so much more that you actually feel accomplished by and you feel in a better mindset. But I guess, you know, with the phone ringing and clients walking in and out and everything around that, it kind of gets a little bit distorted. Um, I'm wondering, you've been in the industry now for 17 years. What kind of changes, good or bad, have you seen take place across the industry landscape so far? Um, I have definitely seen a big shift towards, um, inner health and wellness, uh, which I love. Um, I think people are not only looking after their inner health a lot more, but also their mental health and realizing the connection between the two, which is amazing. Um, and it allows us to get even better results for our clients as well, because it's also, it's, yes, it's about how they look, but it's also about um, changing how a client feels. So we can get a change within the skin, but if you can get that perfect triangle of um, inner, outer and mental health, then I feel like, you know, we've definitely done our job as a therapist and there's a lot more products now to assist. Um, we have the Beauty Chef. We also have uh, Regulate, Gut Tune Up um, through DMK as well. And our clients are so much more educated on that sort of thing. They come to us asking the questions, which I think is amazing. Um, I've also definitely seen a massive advancement in ingredients um, in products and I love how we no longer have to really go invasive with our treatments mm. and modalities. We can really get amazing transformations with just skincare and ingredients. So yeah, that's 
probably the biggest change that I saw happening so rapidly as I opened my business. Yeah. And I love that because actually I was having this conversation with my girlfriend the other day. Um, She's gone vegan and she was saying, you know, I need to increase my zinc now and my protein, da, 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 da. And she was talking about Mm -hmm. all of these food ingredients. And then I started talking about food ingredients, you know, zinc and copper can cancel each other out and da, 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 if you take supplements and all of this kind of thing. And she was looking at me going, how do you know this stuff? And I was like, well, this is what we're taught as beauty therapists. And she was like, what do you mean you're taught about food as beauty therapists? And I said, well, you know, where do you think we get most of our ingredients in skincare from? It's vitamins and minerals and nutrients that are from food, you know, and that's where we get these incredible ingredients from. And that's how we know our knowledge. And she was absolutely baffled because she was like how do you know about food ingredients as a skin therapist she just couldn't understand you know how that came about but I guess I love what you're saying there in that you know if we are treating now holistically and we're treating inner and outer and mental health well then that's when we're doing a good job as a therapist oh it's so true and the amount of clients that nearly fall over when you tell them that a component of beauty therapy is nutrition like that's a whole module in itself and yeah yeah, clients just don't know this no they don't do they um what changes are you looking forward to seeing place in the coming years I'm sure there's you know there's so many changes that have already come and it's kind of scary to think what will the future look like but is there anything you're really hoping to see either in the beauty sphere or in that spa wellness skin sphere? When I was at the the Beauty Expo and also the ABA Awards and the different events that were on over that weekend, like just really the coming together of the industry and like such a big movement towards that at the moment, I'm loving seeing. Um, I'm especially loving, you know, everything that you're doing within the industry um window oh, as well you. like I feel like there's such just a big shift towards becoming a massive community um rather than it being so segmented so competitive um but it's very interesting as well to see um a lot of changes with technology and I know there's been talk for so long about robots and this sort of thing happening within mm-hmm. the industry um, but I, a shift that I'm seeing with my clients, also with um, a supplier as well, is just coming back to the fundamentals of beauty and what touch can really do for our clients. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like everything's going to come back towards, um, you know, a bit more massage and more touch and things being a bit more tailored. Um, because there's so many treatments now where you just don't touch your client anymore. Mm. Um, so yeah, it'd be very interesting to see where that goes. And I really hope that that is something that becomes, um, a lot more ingrained in suppliers. Um, I'm seeing it now that they're training a bit more massage into certain treatments, new treatments come out that have, um, more tactile components. Um, but I'm also seeing a huge movement towards sustainability and that's something that I really hope that continues and yeah I just can't wait to see all of the changes that come about um with 
you know, looking after the environment, becoming sustainable. We are part of sustainable salons as well. Um, And we're the first beauty salon in Ballarat to do so. And there's only a handful of hair salons. So I'm hoping that a lot more people jump on board. Our clients are so excited that we are recycling everything and they love, um, they bring their products back into us for us to recycle. Our suppliers are going sustainable as well, which is really great. Amazing. There's so much, so much to be excited about. I love, I love that you said, you know, you're noticing the community in the beauty industry now because it was never really like that. And I guess a conversation I had the other day with one of my girlfriends, I was talking about somebody and then her friend happened to know this web designer who I was talking about and the web designer was in the beauty industry and I used to work with them. And, you know, as much as we're talking about community, it's also such a tiny industry that I guess, you know, because it is becoming community and everybody knows everybody and we're having more of these conversations, I guess, you know, as a business owner, we need to be very mindful about how we support our team and and what kind of leaderships we are and where you're talking about about you know being sustainable and having that aspect to your business I absolutely adore that because that is a really good example for not only our team but for the community as well oh most definitely thank you so much for spending your lovely morning with me having a chat on the podcast I so appreciate your time today thank you so much Tamara I appreciate it also it's been great thank you It seems absolutely crazy to me how many stories are popping up across these podcasts about employers cancelling therapist shift and letting therapists go due to pregnancy. Are we not in a female dominated industry where pregnancy is bound to happen? Why are we not supporting the women in our teams better? I have no idea. It blows my mind when I hear stories like this, especially given the nature of how connected our industry really is. You should truly never burn a bridge because everybody knows everybody. If you have enjoyed today's conversation with Amanda, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and that way we can notify you every time we drop a new episode. Or if you absolutely love today's conversation, make sure you leave us a little review in the podcast app which helps boost conversations like these to the top of other people in the industry sites. While we are across all of the social media channels at Butte Industry for more information or to see a day in the life of Butte, you can of course follow myself at Tamara Shaw Reed. Thank you so much for your continued support. You are all so bloody beautiful with your messages and kind words. We have really surrounded ourselves with some pretty special people in our community and you are definitely one of them. Until next time, stay connected.